And they'll say, well, you don't understand the way the manufacturing process works. And I'm, and, and my argument always is, and neither does my client, and they don't give a shit. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Welcome to this week's episode of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie, and with me as always is the Colonel of Content... (laughs) The Brigadier General of Branding, the Staff Sergeant of Swag, Dr. Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic, Bill. I love the idea that I'm the Staff Sergeant of Swag. That is a great title. I think uh, that that gives me an upgrade for the day. How about you? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm feeling great. It's a beautiful day here in Franklin, Tennessee. We're supposed to get two inches of rain today, so uh, it's a good day to be podcasting with you. You know what also is good, Kirby? What's that, Bill? That'd be AIM Smart EQP. Did you know that there are more than 20,000 20, promotional products wow. distributors in the United States? And we're all they're all competing for the same customers, right? Yeah. The, and the vast majority of them don't possess... What our good friend and industry expert David Blaze calls the three critical factors you need to succeed. And those are EQP buying power, quality connections, and cutting-edge training. Wow. So if you really think about it, without training, industry salespeople, they're kind of like rudderless ships. They approach the wrong people. They say the wrong things. And what do they do? They price cut because mm. that's all they know how to do. That's not good for anyone. Yeah. Without quality connections, you don't have anyone to talk to, no one to bounce ideas off of, and ultimately no one to sell to. That doesn't work either. And without that EQP buying power, you can never fully maximize your profit margins or even be competitive on price when you have to be. Because, right, Kirby, you have to be competitive on price. Yes, sir. That's why the AIM Smart EQP community has been so successful at increasing the top-line sales and bottom-line profits of their members. Because they deliver those three critical factors you need to succeed. So go to smarteqp.com slash unscripted today. Get the complete details on how to join the smart AIM Smart EQP community today. Also getting that free copy of the audio training, how to beat local website, how to beat websites, local competitors, and price cutters. That's smarteqp.com slash unscripted. All right. So do you want to go ahead and um Start us off today. I think you said you had a topic that was just bubbling under. <laughs> yeah. And you a, said you're ready to broadcast at a, at a completely high level today. That's right. Maybe, are you platinum today? I, oh, I, I'm. A, hey, I am at least the sergeant of swag or whatever you called me. So the I, staff I feel, sergeant of okay, swag. Okay, thanks. So, uh, um, yeah, this has, it's funny. This is a topic that I've had on my list for like the last three or four weeks. And um, it has nothing to do with marketing. It's just fun, I think. So, oh, okay. Um, so you're at a restaurant. You're, it's a buffet restaurant. Here's my question to you. Is a buffet a line or are you a chaos theory guy? Do you wander around and, and just go to whatever piece of food that you want? Or do you, are you a believer that there's an actual line and you should sort of be in some semblance of order? Well, first of all, before I answer your very important question, Kirby, it's good to know that we're hitting the hard topics uh, that is on top of mind of every branding and marketing professional today. So I want to thank you for your courage in bringing up the question of the line. Yeah, it's important. It cl- Clearly. So uh, I, am, I am a man of order. 
yeah. sir. Um, you do things in order. Salad bar, entree, dessert. Um, I think if you end up going to the dessert bar first, you're ultimately an anarchist. <laughs> and I, I, I think it just... It, and it also encourages poor, poor eating habits. So here's what I do at a buffet. And it's been a long time since I've been at the buffet. Okay. I do, I do kind of a quick, uh, a quick circle around to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't bring a plate with me. I might stand over somebody's shoulder, <laughs> okay. but I'm going to see what's what. And I'm going to do a mental inventory of, of where I want to go. But then from that point of view, it's a linear uh, process for me. Okay. Kirby, I'm dying to know. And I know our listeners are, what about you? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I think it, it, it gives a little bit of insight into one of the few things that I'm going to OCD about. I would say that you're a little bit more, as you said, linear than I am about most Mm -hmm. things. But I will tell you, there is nothing that cheeses me off more than when I'm standing in line waiting for the chicken and broccoli and somebody walks from another uh, table and just cuts in front of me. It makes me want to stab them in the neck. And so, you know, I just, I feel like I'm trying to avert crisis here. And so I am definitely much more linear when it comes to the buffet line. So... Super important well, topic, I know, but I've been meaning to ask you. Can I get tangential here for a moment, sir? Yeah. So here's my problem with the entire buffet process. <laughs> okay. Any restaurant or eating environment that includes a sneeze guard makes me very tense. <laughs> okay. And I don't, I don't like the buffet. I don't okay. like the idea of the buffet. I don't like eating at a buffet because I don't know how many people have been breathing on said chicken and broccoli, as yeah. you so... Uh, adeptly pointed out so i really avoid the buffet i don't like the buffet okay. do you like the idea of the buffet i so it, here like one of the buffets i will go to is a, there's a chinese buffet here in kashokton and what i like about it is a i think the food's pretty good and b i can and you know how like i i'm not a person to dawdle so i can literally mm-hmm. go in there get potentially multiple uh trips to the buffet and be out of there in 10 15 minutes i'm stuffed and i'm back in the office quick and i like mm-hmm. that so well and in i always wonder how the the food's prepared at uh buffets you know you have your line cooks you have but there's so many things that have to go on to make you know is the, to keep the food up there proper and warm yeah. and you know i i mean they've got all sorts of people there yeah so i and you got cooks you got line cooks you got servers you got waitresses you probably even have a donkey man back there <laughs> You know, uh, so I, who even knows what's going on at the buffet, quite frankly. I know I don't, and again, that makes me tense, and that along with the sneeze guard, I'm out. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's move on to a topic that has a little bit more substance. Kirby, I'm so glad you said that. So <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, you're aware that uh, the judicial branch of the government is headed up by the Supreme Court of the United States, correct? I, I'm fairly aware of that, yes. Excellent. Did you know that next week on February 28th, they are going to hear a case about political promotional products? I was not aware of that. Well, then let me make you aware. Awesome. So next week, uh, they're going to be considering a case that really could have some significant implications for our industry. And it centers around the wearing of branded political products on election days at the voting polls. Okay. So the case, uh, it has its origins with two Minnesota voters. Who you you def- can't see me rolling my eyes, but I am actively. Okay. Oh, I, I can see it. <laughs> okay. Um, so essentially, the, the, there's a law in Minnesota that you cannot wear 
there's a state law that bars voters from wearing any political apparel, buttons, hats, or anything like that when they cast ballots. Okay? Okay. So when they're at the polling place, they can't wear a political button. So the case before the Supreme Court has its origins with two voters in Minnesota who defied election officials. Wow. One wore a please ID me button. You know, okay. Yep. And the other one wore a Tea Party t-shirt when voting. So let me ask you this. Should people, voters, be allowed to wear political swag when they are I can't believe I just said swag without thinking about it. Yep. It's actually it's actually permeating my brain. Yep. <laughs> Should voters be allowed to wear promotion uh, political promotional products when they're voting? Okay. Kirby, I ask you. Of course. Of course they should be able to. It's absurd that, uh, again, this actually goes back to my sort of uh, thesis that whenever anybody talks about political um, characters always talk about, well, we need to take uh, promotional products out because they are, they're just needless spending. Mm-hmm. But apparently they're so damn powerful that they could change your mind at the ballot. Right. right. Like that is beyond absurd to me. I mean, I think it's a really cool case study to show the power of promotional products. But the idea that I can't wear, I mean, OK, so I'm not allowed to wear a Coca-Cola T-shirt because I might get diabetes. Right. I mean, if if we as a culture are so weak minded that someone's button actually changes, then, you know, then it's really a question of whether or not you should be allowed to vote in the first place. No, I uh, I actually agree with you. I wanted so much to take a contrarian view on this, <laughs> yeah. but I don't. Yeah. It, it's like it's like when people start posting politically on Facebook, and it's like nobody's ever seen a post and going, "Wow, I've never looked at it that way." You know what? Uh, that completely changed my mind on this topic. Yeah. That doesn't happen. And the same thing, I think, at election polls. Now, it's one thing if people are being badgered as they're walking into an election site, but that's sure. not the case in this. That's not the case in this uh, exact uh, case. Yeah. Case in case. You know, I got to believe that as an electorate, uh, the American people are smart enough to vote their conscience. Whether they see a fellow citizen wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt or an AFL-CIO hat or a Women's March t-shirt or pro-life or a peace sign button, it really doesn't matter. And I think that it's real overreach on behalf of the Minnesota legislature to say that within a certain amount of feet, people can't wear or, or have any sort of uh, logoed political apparel. And I I think, I think really what you're talking about is, you know, you have to have safe places to cast ballots. No one is arguing that, but you, that, that encroachment on personal expressions, a pretty slippery slope, if you ask me. Yeah. So it's, that's the thing. I think it's one of those things where it's not just a, Hey, this is a promotional products discussion. This is an Mm -hmm. over government discussion. Like, like it's so funny. And I think that's from, and and I'll be the first to admit that I'm perfectly comfortable with the government staying out of my business, but this is one that I'm like now. Okay. So when does like that, that's one of those ways you use the word slippery slope. I think that's exactly right because, okay, well, how many feet is it? And right. how, who gets to decide? Like, well, who's, and who's policing it? Yeah. How, who's paying for that? Yeah. That's, you know, I, I think what really kills me is that the attorneys for the state, um, they filed documents obviously with the Supreme court and that's public domain. And they say that banning the politically branded apparel, is preventing odor confusion and intimidation. That 
that that is the definition of ridiculousness and overreach yeah. right there. Yeah. I yeah. I I think it's silly, but I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I think you're right. It's important. Well, I certainly hope the Supreme Court uh, you know, overturns that, yeah. uh, you know, that law and I'm Bill Petrie and I approve this message. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's cool, man. All right, Kirby, what's your next topic that has nothing to do with uh, <laughs> promo and branding and has everything to do with buffets? So I actually will, this was a little bit tied to, to the industry. Mm-hmm. So one of my pet peeves, um, and I think a lot of people in the industry would agree with me and I guess we'll find out, but is the nickel and diming effect of our industry. I think, Uh-oh. you know, with the idea that, and by the way, I understand it. So if, if you are a, a supplier and you are in the search tools, whether it be ESP, Sage, Distributor Central, any of those places, and you're trying to compete in a price-sensitive world, you're trying to get bare bones of, you know, the price, right? So, right. and then all of a sudden there's a proof charge and there's a setup charge and there's an art mm-hmm. charge and there's a shipping mm-hmm. charge. And there's a, like all of a sudden, you know, I understand why they're doing it, but our customers don't understand it. Right? right. Like they said, well, but no, you said it's a 99 cent mug and 300 of them should be $300. And you're telling right. me it's $500 for a 90, 399 cent mugs. So I think that that's sort of a, it, it leads me into I think that permeates the way we do some events in our mm-hmm. industry too. So um, I got invited to an event and it like it's going to be awesome. I'm excited about going to it. But it was so funny because it was that kind of thing where it was like, well, how much is it? Well, it's this much for the first two people. It's this much for the second people. Mm-hmm. Unless they're having a room and then it's this much. And it, like I sent it to three different people on my staff and we came back with three different prices. I was like, how much do you think this is going to cost? <laughs> and it was so confusing that three different people came up with three different prices. And so I think one of the things I, I guess I want your opinion on and I just want to say like we need to start thinking more about just like, hey, here's the all in price. Um, when we're competing in an Amazon world, you talk all the time about uh, decreasing friction. I do. These are pieces of friction that are yep. just like silly. Just to, I, I'm actually not even haggling with you on price. Just tell me how much it is. Well, and then I'll, I don't want to write the wrong check. I don't want you. So, you know, your take on that, sir. So I, I'm guessing because you didn't mention the event, you don't want to mention the event. Is that yeah, correct? That, well, because I think it's a great organization. I think it's a great event. And so I don't want to downplay it. I think just more of the overarching theme is just like, guys, let's make everything easier on. I, I, I get it. You know, but speaking for the audience, I kind of want to know. But anyway, I will respect <laughs> not asking and pressing that. Yeah, I am 100% agreement. I don't like separate charges. I don't think anybody does. I think you hit the right example. Amazon has set a, unfair or not, it's a real expectation of how commerce is done. And I think I've said it before. You know, if I'm buying something from website X, doesn't matter, and I can't get uh, shipping included, that's two days, I think your process is wrong. <laughs> if, I am re- if I have to return something and I've got to pay to do it, I think your process is wrong. I think your, your, your back office solution is, is malfunctioning in a great way. So they've set up an expectation of here's the price and go. And when you have that nickel and dime, and I think this is something consumers have felt for decades but now for the first time we're really in a consumer dictated sales process and the consumers are dictating hey this is what i want just give me the price right you know and it's uh 
one of the things I'll actually uh, give some kudos to one of our sponsors who, when we do fill in the blank and our sponsor right now is gold star. They have a, their, their solution is it's all in. Here's your price. And, and it makes it so much easier, especially for you as a distributor to say, okay, I'm going to add X amount of margin to that. And then I can give that to my client and there's no hidden charges. There's no surprises at the end of the, at the end of the order. I think that's what we really need to go for as an industry. And it's not because we want to do it. It's because that's what your audience is demanding. You have to do what the audience demands. Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I'll get in arguments with suppliers on this. And when I say arguments, discussions or whatever, and they'll say, well, you don't understand the way the manufacturing process works. And, I'm, and, and my argument always is, and neither does my client, and they don't give a shit. Right. Like you're like – it doesn't matter to them. If I come back to them with these charges, then they're going to get pissed about it. They don't care, right? Like they just want, right. if they, they don't have to pay extra for Amazon to get two shoes instead of three. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so um, I, I thought it was interesting to see that kind of trickle into other areas. And I think it's just the way our brains work in the industry. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Cool. So uh, good, good topic. So I have a topic. Okay. So... I'm trying to think how delicately to put this. Okay. So there are some, there are a lot of disciples of Gary Vaynerchuk mm-hmm. and and um, uh, Seth Godin mm-hmm. and a lot of people we all look up to. Right. And I think that's great. One thing I'm starting to see though are a lot of people, not so much being inspired by those people, but almost copying them. Mm, yeah, and knowing that their heart's in the right place, knowing that they're wanting to be better and inspire others—that's always a good thing. So I'm not shitting on that, and I want right. to be real clear on that. But it's one of those things. Like I have, I have a theory, and I, and it's, it's, it's my high school theory. Okay. In high school, if you've got to tell me you're cool, you're not cool. Right. Right. If you've got to tell me you're crushing it, you're not crushing it. <laughs> and and I wanted to get your take on that because I think there's a lot of people who maybe misinterpreting like because that crushing it's a Gary V thing. Gary V is really an inspirational speaker. He's motivating and he wants you to think you know crush it every day. And I love that message. I love the message of hey you crush it every day. I'm, I want to inspire you Kirby to crush it every day. But when it starts to come from, hey, Kirby, I'm crushing it today, right? I think it loses its meaning. I think it loses its definition. I think it loses its impact. Mm. But maybe I'm wrong here. Tell me I'm wrong. So what I would say, um, by the way, great topic. I'm actually excited to talk about this. Uh, So I would say when anybody is starting to do any content uh, that they're creating, I think authenticity is super important. I think you and sort of what you're talking about is when you're um, mimicking a lot, mm-hmm. then it, it it's like okay, am I hearing from? And by the way, that's true of you know if you're having political discussions because you've had the, the political discussion where somebody just parrots what they heard on Fox News right. or MSNBC. I'm like, well, if I wanted to know what Bill O'Reilly thought, I'd ask him. Right. <laughs> um, so I'd say that the message is kind of similar. In this, right? If you want to be that, you be that in your own way. Or on the other side is, I think curating content's actually okay. 
but just mm-hmm. to do it in a way where it is clear that you're curating it as yes. opposed to sort of saying it's your own. Yeah, and, and I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I love, like I said, love the message, love the positivity, yep. but don't tell me you're crushing it, go crush it. Yeah, Go do it, go do. It's one of the things you, know, you and I have said very publicly um, I have no problem, and neither do you, sharing our ideas we might have to do a certain thing on this podcast. Right. Because we know that 95% of people won't execute. Right. Ideas are cheap, right? Yeah. Ideas are cheap. Go execute. So I just want to get your take on that because it's something, I, again, I love the energy, but I just want to, I, I want to see more. I want to see more originality. I want to see more actual action yeah be just be you right like yeah. and be authentic do you. you yeah that's exactly do right. you uh do you have a quick one you want to jump in before we um uh, go to fill in the blank i do and the, this is this is this falls you know i started kind of light i'm going to end kind of light too so okay. you are of course familiar with the original karate kid movies right Ah, danielson wax on wax off yeah so here's my question did you see and I, I honest to God thought this was like an SNL skit at first, but I think it's real that there's a new YouTube Red series coming with Ralph Macchio and the guy who played his nemesis in the first one called Cobra Kai. Oh, sweep the leg. <laughs> no mercy. So what was what, what, did, what was the name of the guy he played? It was Daniel. And um, I, I don't know. I'd yeah. have to look that up. Yeah. But. but anyway, he so apparently the concept is, is that he's going to reopen Cobra Kai and they're both adults now. Right. And so if you look it up, I just I, I, I saw it and I literally I thought it was uh, like a silly like SNL skit. And I'm like, right. oh, shit, it's real. <laughs> is it? Uh, I'm trying to think of the It's the blonde kid, right? Yep. It's the yep, blonde, yep. Um, Johnny. Johnny. That's it. Johnny Lawrence. Yeah, is that like it? That. Yeah, it's Johnny for sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Johnny's Dan- open up Cobra Kai. Oh, and Danny LaRusso, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so no mercy, sweep the leg. <laughs> I am all in on this. As ridiculous <laughs> as it sounds, I will watch every second of this. Um, in fact, I am going to, as soon as we get done recording this platinum-level broadcast, I'm going to go find that trailer. I'm just hoping that there's some sort of crane thing um, <laughs> involved in every episode. But yeah. Now, here's a question for you. Would you rather be on uh, the Daniel Russo side of things, or are you more of a Cobra Kai guy? Oh, I'm definitely – I mean, I'm, I was the little guy who got the crap kicked out of me in high school, so I'm, of course, Daniel LaRusso. Uh, okay. So – but I here, let me just say this. It's yes, funny. Sir. I brought it up in my office, and Dustin, who edits this fine broadcast a lot of times – He does. So he brought it. He's like, man, I'm just pissed it's on YouTube Red because I don't yeah. have YouTube Red. I'm like, that's why they're doing it. Exactly. Oh, and just to be clear, when you say he edits it, all he does is put the little bumper in the front and back. There's no actual editing to this fine broadcast. <laughs> no, there really isn't. No, fair. But I'm just saying uh, he, yes. he's involved. And he, we'll see if he edits out half of what you say now uh, for this. But yeah, I thought you'd get a kick why out of the whole Why would he Cobra edit out what I have to say? <laughs> just what I do. <laughs> You know, I didn't do anything, but I will tell you who does do something great, Kirby. And who's that? That would be the good people at Gold Star. You know, they're more than just made in the USA, and I think we all know it's important to have made in the USA products. They're the they're one of only one of the only in-house um, writing instru- in- instruments manufacturers in the United States, and that in-house manufacturing 
allows so much more precise quality control, that virtual unlimited inventory, virtually unlimited inventory, quick turn on the custom colors on orders of 10,000 pieces or more. That's pretty amazing. Right. Standard 24-hour production, that in-house formulated Eversmooth Eek, which I love so, so much. Mm-hmm. And that all-inclusive pricing, we touched on that earlier. Free ground shipping on all writing instruments. They make it easy. Their theme is simplicity, and they not only that's not only their theme, but they absolutely live it. So go ahead to Lawanda. If you want to learn more, and of course you do, go ahead and head over to goldstarpens.com slash unscripted, and you're going to get a free simplicity starter kit. So go ahead and sign up for that. Goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. Kirby just muted me because the train is rolling through Coshocton, Ohio, much like his opinions on all things uh, buffet. So Kirby, I'm going to go ahead and start with a fill in the blank for you. And hopefully by the time you get this fill in the blank, you can unmute me. As a Mac guy, you're a Macintosh guy, right? Yes. You like a, you're an Apple guy. As a Mac guy, Apple a MacBook, forcing you to use a PC would make you feel blank. Ambivalent. Uh, like I'm actually, it's funny. I, I kind of converted to Mac, um, you know, on the video side um, late. So I was a PC guy. Then I went to Mac. I actually have a, a MacBook Air now, but. Okay. We have literally both in our office, and there was a point at which in my career that I would literally go, like, write a script on a PC, go to a Mac. Um, like, I, I can kind of, I'm kind of agnostic about that. So okay. I think most people are not like that. And whenever you put somebody on a, a machine that they're unused to, they kind of freak out. That was a really good training ground for me early on because it, it doesn't bother me at all. So Got it. No, that's good. Cool. Good. All right. Um, so we always talk music. And so I want to change it up a little bit for you. It's time to bust a move. The song that makes you want to dance the most is. I can't believe I'm going to admit this, but <laughs> everybody wang chung. tonight. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I don't know why, but that song just just makes me want to dance. And it's a horrible song. I oh, mean, that's, it's that's terrible. such an earworm for everyone listening. That's exciting. Everybody <laughs> wang chung tonight. Everybody have fun tonight. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'm not so sure that... if, the th- if the song's going to leave my head or the image of you busting a move to it first. So that's exciting. Oh, sir, I can... Bust some moves. (laughs) You know, it's funny. So, um, interesting segue here. Okay. Kirby, the last time you danced was? Oh, oh, let's see. Today, we're recording this, I would say, this weekend. So, I would say, I'm I'm all about the dance, man. I think it's so funny at the the brewery whenever I'm working and we got music playing. uh, You know, the the, uh, staff over there just laughs because I'm either singing a song or I'm dancing to a song almost all the time. So, I am unabashedly happy about dancing. So uh, that's actually, it's so funny when I come up with these questions so many times, I'm always like, huh, I know how I'd answer it, but uh, exactly. Yeah. So I, I I would say this week, this past weekend for sure. Well, what I would tell you is remember you're trying to attract people to the brewery and not (laughs) keep them away. So you may want to rethink that whole situation. No, if I want to keep them away, you know, then I'll be dancing and I'll take my shirt off. If I want to keep them there, it shouldn't be a big deal. Well, don't forget to mix in a little Wang Chun. <laughs> For sure. 
I will, I'll work that on, especially if you're in town. Okay. Um, okay. So I, I feel like I've asked you this before, but I don't remember the answer. So I'm going to ask it again if, if that's the case. So your favorite candy bar is? The best Kirby. I'm glad you asked. The best <laughs> candy bar known to man is Mounds. Okay. That's right. Dark chocolate and sweetened coconut. Nothing better. Okay. And I I've posted that on various social media platforms before, only to have the one and only Paul Bellantone told me, "How can someone I thought to be so smart be so misguided?" <laughs> I, I love will, it. Yeah, I will tell you. No, it's the Mounds bar. It's like mounds. It. And the second runner up would be I guess it's not a candy bar, but it would be the plain M and M's. Okay. Plain yeah. M and M's. All right, I like that. That's good. Okay. All right, Kirby. I want a hot take here. The most overrated brand that has crossed over into promo is Under Armour. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Uh, and P.S. I really like Under Armour. Uh, no, you don't. Clearly. I actually do. I'm wearing an Under Armour piece today, right now, this is, as we speak. Sir, sir this is radio. I, that's, I'm just telling you, it's true. Uh, so, I but I think it's one of those that uh, really, I actually really do like the Under Armour brand. But if you're asking me which one, um, and as I'm saying it out loud, uh, this might be a, a little bit of a, a retraction. So Yeti is trying to sell now uh, yep. into the into the promotional products world, and I would say. I may retract my answer and go with that because not only do I not think they're better than the stuff we have in the industry, but in reality it's overpriced and they totally misplayed the the hand in the industry. So those are my, I I would agree with you actually. I think Yeti, my, my, my first thought was Under Armour, but then when you brought up Yeti, I actually, uh, actually agree with you. You got one more before we wrap this up? Yeah, absolutely. So I love Nashville and I know you live in the greater Nashville area. I do. So when somebody says, hey, I'm thinking about coming to Nashville, how do you describe Nashville? It, it, it depends when they're coming. Yeah. Are they coming for a weekend, Kirby? Yes. Help me out. Yeah, so they're coming for a weekend. Nashville is? Run amuck with bride squads. <laughs> um, for whatever reason, Nashville has become the national capital of bachelorette parties. Yeah. And you know what? That's great. It's awesome. But you can't go anywhere in low, on Lower Broadway, which is the entertainment district in downtown Nashville where all the famous honky-tonks are. You can't go more than one foot without seeing a tribe of 14 to 18 young ladies, one of them wearing a T-shirt that says bride, yep. and the other girls wearing something that says squad. <laughs> Uh, running around Nashville way too intoxicated, <laughs> screaming to hear the same bro country song again and again, whether it's from Florida Georgia Line or Luke Bryan or whatever. Sure. It, it's run amok with bachelorette parties. And, and it's, it's wonderful. I love when people come to Nashville to visit. I love it more when they leave. Get the hell out. <laughs> come here, spend your money, and leave. Don't stay. Okay. But you know, you know who I do want to stick around, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? The good people at AIM Smart EQP. They are a fine sponsor of this Platinum Level broadcast. And all they want to do is help you, the independent-minded for distributor, sell more and earn more. Who would want more than that? So if you're interested to get that free audio training on how to beat websites, local competitors, and price cutters, and learn how to join the AIM Smart EQP community, go ahead and go to smarteqp.com slash unscripted. They really won't be sorry they did. Kirby, as always, a pleasure 
to record this platinum level broadcast with you, and I hope you have a great day in Coshocton, Ohio. See you, buddy. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.